0: Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Hollywood Growler. The Hollywood Growler podcast brings you everything you need to know from the world of craft beer in Southern California and beyond. I am your host, Dan Kern, and my partner is industry insider Connor Simpson. This is our premiere episode, and we are very excited to be recording live at Bruheim. Bruheim is a beautiful brand new brewery in Anaheim, California. They're having their grand opening celebration on Saturday, March 16, 2019 and we will be sitting down to interview the people behind Bruheim in just a few minutes. Then we're all going to sample some of the beer that they brew here so that we can tell you about it and get you over here to sample their beers for yourselves. Each episode, we would like to bring you some news and notes from the world of beer and brewing. We call it
1: the Hollywood Growler Headline. Here's Connor with this week's story. Thanks, Dan. Hollywood Growler Headline for this episode comes to us from Founders Brewing in Michigan. Multiple sources have reported that Founders Brewing was recently sued for racial discrimination by former employee Tracy Evans. Mr. Evans, who is a black gentleman, alleges that he was passed over for promotion in favor of white employees with less experience and less seniority at the company. Mr. Evans also alleges that there were some attempt to segregate white and minorities employees. He alleges that there was a, quote, white guy copy machine and, quote, black guy copy machine. That is this episode's Hollywood Growler headline. Dan?
0: For updates on this unfortunate story, along with all of our Hollywood Growler headlines, you can follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Growler, hashtag Hollywood Growler, and all of your favorite social media platforms. Connor and I are here at Brewheim with owners Dan Ward, Eric Ferguson, and brewmaster Derek Wassett. Gentlemen, thank you for sitting down with us. You have a gorgeous tasting room.
2: What well, up? Thank you very you. much. Thanks for having us.
0: We'll be tasting some of the almost 40 beers that you are going to have on tap for your grand opening celebration on March 16th in just a few minutes. But first, we want to know all about you guys and your brand spanking new brewery. Can you tell us about where Bruheim is located so that our listeners can come over here and
2: find the tasting room? Absolutely. We're, we're located at 1931 East Wright Circle, to be exact. Uh, we're in the heart of the Platinum Triangle, uh, walking distance to Anaheim Stadium with the Angels, uh, the Honda Center as well home of the ducks and many events that go on there on a regular basis along with the grove which is also across the street so we're real fortunate to be right right in the heart in the in the of, of the center of, of the platinum triangle
0: and
3: you're about one and a half miles from disneyland as well is yeah. that true so yeah from and the convention center which is the largest convention center of this side of the mississippi so a lot of tours coming through about 26 million people a year coming through here so we are really lucky to have this location. And there's uh, a lot
0: of uh, new construction, a lot of new condos and apartments going up all around us, isn't
2: there? Yeah, I mean, right next door, walking distance, there's 2,500 new apartments that are that are within uh, just what, three or four blocks from us. So we're getting a lot of community uh, to come in and enjoy the, the Bruheim and enjoy the location, which is fantastic. Plus, across the street, they have massive, more developments of more, uh, more uh, homes coming in. I understand it's about 5,000 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there. maybe more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So is it mainly homes coming up around this area right now? It's apartments and then
2: townhomes as mm-hmm. well, um, but, but yeah. mainly apartments.
1: So you're going to
0: have um, a lot more foot traffic coming through. So many breweries are off in industrial areas and people have to drive back and forth.
3: Yeah that kind of was the uh, when we found this location that was the main draw was how many people could actually walk here because like you say most breweries aren't in residential areas so this was um, a plus to have all these um, foot traffic that's going to be right around us. So.
0: And then when people are driving over, they can you know walk over from
3: the game wherever they park, right? Definitely, we would. Well, hopefully, i will have a lot of uh,
2: tailgater action here before the games. We get a lot. But there's ducks before the ducks home games. You we know, you get people that come in here beforehand and you go to the game. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Well,
1: baseball season's around the corner, and Dan and I go to a lot of games, so you'll see us here. <laughs> yeah. so. awesome
2: that's right. good to
1: hear. You couldn't have scored a better location. Uh, it must have taken a lot of work
0: getting the tasting room and the brewery up and running. Uh, how many fermenters do you have working in the brewery?
4: Well, let's see, in total, we got, I believe, 11 fermenters, and then we have one bright tank and about four serving tanks.
0: For the people at home who don't know, what's the <laughs> difference between a, a fermenter, a bright tank, and a serving tank?
4: Yeah, so a fermenter is, you know, where the beer goes after it leaves the brew house, and that's where it Literally ferments, as the name would uh have you believe. Uh, and that's where all like the sort of like yeast and uh do all that like fun stuff like make alcohol and carbonation. <laughs> um bright tanks are more or less where the beer is then finished and, and either carbonated uh like by force carbonation or served off of and you know, basically being being able to consume in our doc room. So.
0: awesome. Uh so we're here with two of the owners of Bruheim. Uh there's five partners, is that correct?
3: Uh, there are five founding partners. We uh, went out and got investors. So we do have, uh, we sold off about 40% to investors. So there are, there are more people involved in the, in the whole project, but there were five of us that put this whole thing together.
0: Awesome. How did the five of you come together?
2: Uh, well, go ahead well, well Eric, and I, Eric and I have been uh, friends for over 20 years, and Eric is a CPA uh, by, by trade. And also a home brewer. Um, We've done some other business ventures together in the past, and and I opened up a brew pub restaurant twenty plus years ago in in North Carolina. Um, It's still in business. We're very very successful, and we're looking at at getting back into the industry a little bit. And Eric is a home brewer, decided he wanted to, uh, you know, uh, not practice being a CPA anymore. He wanted to open up a brew pub. So we talked to a brewery, and so we talked about it, and that's where it all started.
0: Well, you definitely went big. Um, Tell us. Tell us about the tasting room, it's, it's very stylish, it's very bright and comfortable, um, and uh, everything is very well-appointed. Uh, tell us about the work that you guys put in.
3: Um, the tasting room, it kind of goes off of our motto, it's uh, a family of beer makers. We wanted it to be like home, which Bruheim, heim means home. So we really wanted to go with that home feel. So that's why it's all walnut wood, bars, tables, um, backs on all the chairs for, for comfort. And so that's what we're going with. We, we had an interior designer, Gina, uh, who was just excellent. She, she's the one that came up with a lot of the ideas, the brick walls and
2: the color schemes and everything. So
3: yeah, the whole
1: theme is just very like, yeah. you feel, well, you know,
2: cozy. Right. And we want, you know, that's why we have two bars is to, you know, help you know, uh, mitigate lines and make sure yeah, that, that the guest sure. experience, that when you come in here, you're having a phenomenal experience yeah, you know, that, from just not drinking a beer, but the atmosphere, um, our, our team members, how you're treated. Every, ele- every element is at its top level. Oh, just yes. having room to breathe. Everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we,
3: we took off, we went to, we go to tons of breweries like you guys do. We're, we're constantly at breweries. So we, we took the things that we liked about the breweries, obviously, and, and kept those. And then the, the issues we had, we tried to, to address here, which is long lines, um, and then uncomfortable seating which seems to be a, a trend in, in breweries to have metal stools around a, <laughs> an oak barrel that you can't put your legs out you have to straddle it and stuff so we wanted to make sure that we mitigated the lines and made a comfortable environment I was getting to say you guys really thought it out because the, uh, what I see the
1: theme out here in Orange County right now is a lot of expansion and people trying to get make it more comfortable for their guests and you guys just already you get went straight to it and got you made it
3: awesome.
0: So. Yeah, I was saying
1: before that this, you know, this looks like it could be a pavilion over at California
0: Adventure. It's just beautiful. It's very top of the line. Congratulations! Bro. Yeah, thanks Thank man. so much.
2: Appreciate it. A lot, a lot, a lot of time and thought into it. So, and you can it's see. i sure. so, really yeah. appreciate
0: appreciate. Uh, so you have your grand opening coming up, uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. On the Saturday is going to be the main event. Is that correct?
3: That's correct. Uh, yeah. Tell us about some of the things you're going to be doing. Well, we're, we're looking to have uh, live music, games in the back. We're opening up the whole warehouse area. We have a large warehouse where, where like, the location is about 16,000 plus square feet. So we're going to open the whole thing up. Derek's brewed up uh, about 40 or so beers in total for this. So we're going to have a lot of about 15 beers that haven't been on tap before um, that are going to be new releases. We're going to be sampling throughout the We're going to have stations in the warehouse plus our two bars. Um, just uh it's gonna be a, a big fun event
0: uh, about what time
3: there are your doors for that event it's gonna be from 12 to 12 12 noon to 12 midnight great so you can come by any time during the day this will be going all day fantastic i think we'll definitely make the trip yeah. after
2: that
0: um
1: so you're not
0: completely done with your construction you're gonna add a an outdoor area as well
2: yeah correct i mean the the front area there's a uh, of the building there's a about 1,000 square feet of outside patio that we're gonna be putting in for our beer gardens. So we still have to um, go through and the, the city and, and the design and, and get the, um, the building, permits. building permits. Thank you for, for knocking out the wall and just so we can go forward with that. So we're gonna expedite that as quickly as we can.
3: Oh, it's gonna uh, be great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be great. Hopefully by spring, yeah. the early spring here, ready oh, for baseball
2: season, ready for the warm weather.
1: That's soon, that's awesome
3: yeah we we're in the process with the city we just got to resolve one issue with them and we should have the permits and then we can start uh, the construction how is that process with the city <laughs> I mean, yeah. as
1: i understand it's uh, you want the truth
0: well you know that's they don't call it red tape for nothing i'm sure they're doing uh, the best they can over there but um yeah what was your experience like was there was there a lot of hang-ups or was it you
3: know yeah it was it was a lot more difficult than we anticipated they the Anaheim has a thing called the Brew City initiative. They, they want to be known as Brew City and they want to bring in breweries. That's one of the reasons we chose Anaheim was because it was going to be supposedly, a lot easier. But as it turns out, that was from the top of the mayor level. It didn't maybe trickle all the way down to the people who are actually issuing the permits, inspecting. So we we had our difficulties, but all in all, it's we're, we're happy to be here. Yeah, and, we, and it, we, we're
2: open. So, yeah. you know, yeah. so we've got everything done. So. <laughs> yeah. So well, a pre, you know, it's a,
4: worth the wait. Yeah, it's <laughs> worth the wait. Uh,
0: you know, with a facility this size, you knew it was going to be hard work almost no matter what. Even if uh, everything had gone without any bumps in the road, I'm sure it was going to be a going to be a big effort. Uh, so after the grand opening, what's what's the next big step for you guys?
2: Well, I mean, as you said, I mean, the next big step is to get the patio, that beer garden, you know, completed as soon as, as soon as possible. And then the other thing is, is to really start honing in on what, what brewers that we want to start canning and for our canning line that we have, uh, so that we can you know, get more distribution you know, locally. Uh, but then also for our guests, be have to come in and take a four pack, 12 pack or six pack home with them. You know, so. so you already have
1: the canning line, like you already have the equipment. Correct. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. guys are on top of everything. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, we
3: still have to get it up and running properly. It's, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's still a little ways away from being operational but uh, yeah, but it's hopefully by the end of April so awesome. since,
0: since you had a brew pub uh, before did you I, I assume you had an idea about what you wanted to do bigger and better this time around
2: yeah I mean for this I mean a brew pub it was we had a 15 barrel system you know here we have a 30 barrel system it was you know uh, food it was a restaurant you know and so with a restaurant and the, that have a lot more challenges with, health department and just uh cost of goods of food and, and whatnot with the brewery, which is nice. We have the food trucks that come in every weekend. Um and so you're able to rotate the food, different food styles, which is a lot nicer. Um, and you don't have all that extra overhead and worry up, um, for for food. So it's it's a lot different having the brewery versus having a brew pub, brew pub microbrewery restaurant. Mm. Um, and it's and I like with the brewery we are a lot we have a lot more opportunity to do a lot more beers than you do with just a, a, a restaurant you know a brew pub or a microbrewery restaurant so, Oh yeah you guys are planning to have over 40 different styles
1: yeah. for the grand opening
2: well that was one of our you know when we like eric was saying we're going into our experience with breweries we want our guests to be able to come in to into brewheim and be able to find you're going to find a beer you like mm. whatever the style that is and derek is such a great to be able to have that diversity in all the different styles that give that guess, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a stout person and you'll be able to find a stout that you like. You know, me personally, I like, well, I'm a red. I like the reds and the ambers and, and I'm able to have that or, or an IPA or a lager or whatever that case is, especially, you know, with Derek's training, uh, having been trained in Munich for a while, that a lot of people that go to the Angel Games, they're that Bud Light, Coors Light guy, but they can come here and have a beer. You know, that's a lager that a well-made, well craft beer, craft beer right?
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and on, and honestly, that's, that's the fun part for me is like being able to not only like give those that variety of beers, but that is the fun part of brewing is like creating all those like different types of beers, whether it's using different fruits or hops or different brewing processes, or even just trying some new stuff out on like technical side and the ingredients side. And it's just, you know, it all comes together for everybody to have a tasty beer at the end of the day.
0: On the brewing side of it, how many how many people are on your team?
4: It is just myself and my assistant, Joey. Uh, so it's two of us right now. Um, and we're, we're able to do quite a bit, just uh, him and I, but we're definitely going to be expanding the team as we grow, um, especially once we get that canning line running. So... Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I've been basically living here since, uh, about October uh, <laughs> in the brewery. I got a caught out back and everything. I was, was going to say,
0: <laughs> you must have been working real hard. It's, with that uh, many styles going. it's, it's Batman exactly. and
4: Robin over here. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and,
3: and he's brewed these, these 40 beers all on the, the 30 barrel system, which is, um, pretty amazing. We also have a three barrel, um, little R and D setup that we will be getting. So one of, I think one of the first hires will be somebody that can, can focus on some small batch stuff, but. Derek not have to deal with doing everything so um, yeah we're gonna have uh, a lot of R&D stuff going through for
0: sure well that's that's just that's a monumental amount of work I mean tell uh just to give people an idea a 30 a 30 barrel system just one batch is how many you know how many pounds of grain
4: oh how many pounds of uh... Between fifteen hundred and over like three thousand pounds of grain, depending on the style of being brewed, you know.
0: And I mean, unless you have some technology that I'm not familiar with, you're pretty much shoveling that in manually, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, well, we luckily we do have a silo, which if anybody ever comes by, you'll see it right out right out front. So that actually saves at least our back quite a bit by putting grain into our our mash tun and getting it milled. Uh, however, all of the grain comes out manually, right. and so we're shoveling it all out and like giving it to our farmer. That way, so um, yeah, we we save a little bit of labor in one part. We pick it all back up at the, at the end of it, which is the fun part when it's all wet. So, yeah, yeah. a lot heavier. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. heavier yeah. right. If, you, if exactly. you
2: want a good workout, come to the, when we're yeah. when we're graining out. You'll exactly. get a good workout. Yeah. Body, Body by I, beer.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was uh, I've done that with a with a seven barrel system at a brew pub before, um, just to get a feel for it. I went to a little, little mini class, and uh, that's basically what we got to do. We got to. Stir, stir it up when it was in there and shovel it out when it was done and believe me that's a, yeah. I can't imagine doing that for 40 40 batch 40 different beers of you know 30 barrels each
2: batch that's a lot. I yeah. mean cool. it's hard work
4: but uh, it's, it's worth it at the end of the day you get you get beer at the end of the yeah. process okay. but you know and yeah it's huge
2: rewards <laughs> And the other aspect of that
4: is that we're able to
2: you know, recycle that grain that's the spent grain that we have by giving it to a local farmer. And he's able to take it to his. He's got 17 herd of cattle that he takes it to. And, oh. and uh, you know, in Hesperia, I believe, yep. there, And uh, able to feed his cattle. And so as it works out great. He comes down, brings us our empty containers, and then we fill them up and hauls them, up, hauls them away.
0: Well, uh, everybody come on down on March 16th. Uh, so that we can get Derek a, another teammate to do some of that shoveling. Please. Yeah. Because he is, uh, he's not going to last long if he has to do that much shoveling much yeah. longer. I can, I can tell you that it's a lot. Um, it all sounds great. The place looks great. You're, you guys are definitely ready. Um, you can follow... Uh, Bruheim on all your social media platforms, and uh, I we just know that Bruheim's gonna be a huge hit here in Anaheim.
1: Yeah, you, you guys are doing a great job. We're very excited.
2: Yeah, thank uh, you very much. Nice. Yeah.
0: All right, well, um, the next part of the show here is for us to taste some beer. We can and relax. For, uh, Derek, yeah, that was all the hard stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, Derek is gonna walk us through the beer, uh, the tasting notes, and we're gonna ask him a few questions about how the beers are made. Um, and then uh, like I said, after after a beer, we imagine the conversation will get a little bit more informal. So, uh, with that, let's try beer number one here. Sweet. I'll
4: pass this around. You wanna?
0: You.
4: That's just... <laughs> <laughs> great. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but the first beer will be uh, our hazy IPA. Um, it's sort of a. It's. I mean, at this point, it's a little bit more of a traditional style, even though it's like pretty young in the grand scheme of things. Um, it is uh, sort of our take on a new England style IPA. Got a nice haze to it and very highly hopped with uh, basically Citra Centennial and mosaic hops gives it a lot of like fruitiness, a lot of pineapple mango and just like citrus fruits. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's something you can always find on tap. It's basically one of our sort of first core or like flagship beers that we're offering. Um, with you know, as as we brew more, we'll we'll add more to that list. But this is one uh, of really two right now that we've decided like, hey, we're always going to have it on, uh, and the other one being our SoCal Lager. So, okay.
0: Uh, when it comes to a hazy IPA, what makes it
3: hazy?
4: Uh, a few things make it hazy. I mean, the name itself would imply that it's a hazy beer. So, I mean, with it, without the beer itself actually having a haze to it. You, you couldn't call an IPA or really any beer hazy beer. Uh, but that haze basically comes from two things. The, uh, the yeast that's used, it's typically like an English strain of yeast, which doesn't flocculate as well as, say, a lager or a California ale. Uh, and by flocculate, I mean basically drop out and clarify. Uh, there's, and then there's uh, the hops that are used in it. You know, so basically, using that yeast and a little bit more hops than normal on, on the, in the dry hop uh, and not filtering it will give you a, a sort of hazy appearance and a lot more, like, flavor in,
3: in a room. How about any of the grain? Is it weed or anything? Does that add to it?
4: Again, you can. It, it, there's a few different, like, style techniques you can use, whether it's, like, uh, grain. Um, I've heard of flour being used and, and other stuff like that. I wouldn't recommend it. It's uh, not only dumb, but it's pretty much cheating. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, it's, like, like like any style, you can, It's it's sort of, like, open to a brewer's interpretation of what they want to use to get that haze. Uh, but primar- primarily, it comes from like the yeast and the hops. Uh, again, you can you can put weed in it or uh, any really anything else you want to make it easy, But yeah, bye. So when you uh,
0: when this beer finishes fermenting, uh, are you putting it in the bright tank at all, or are you leaving it out?
4: So no, for this uh, the uh, particular beer, basically it's the only one that we well not the only one, but one of the few that we don't use any sort of finding agent for. We don't filter. And we don't even transfer it into the bright tank um you know i said earlier you know there's two different tanks that you know there's like one that's a fermenter one is a bright um but fermenters can also be used as like sort of like universal tanks meaning you can ferment and package off of them and sort of finish a beer in it um but this one just stays in the fermenter the whole time and we uh we want to get all that that haze and, and good stuff into your glass so.
0: Um, It's got a really nice nose and a really uh, sort of of middle-of-the-road taste. On the West Coast, uh, people are hopping things just as much as they possibly can. It seems like Um, you mentioned that this was more of an East Coast. Uh, I think it's very balanced. I think you did a great job. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more uh, about the process in terms of dry hopping? Uh, What are you doing to, to keep it from being... On the on the over hop side, uh, are you just using less, or using a different type of dry hop?
4: Yeah, and I mean, a part of it comes down to well, it's it's sort of there's a few points in the process to like sort of achieve that that kind of balanced flavor that you're getting. Um, it kind of starts on the the actual brewing side, like so the hot side where it's being boiled and transferred into like the whirlpool. Uh, we basically use a lot of hops on the back end of that, meaning basically after it's boiled, we'll add hops, so you'll get a little bit of less of that sort of bitter bite you get in a, in a West Coast IPA, and that sort of dry, resiny, really hoppy bitterness. So instead of putting it all into the boil, we kind of do it on the back end of the hot process. And then we finish it out, like you said, dry hopping, um, which is exactly what it sounds. We basically, once the beer is done fermenting, we will take dry hops and put it in on the cold side of the process. Um, and and. What that does is instead of getting sort of like bitterness um, that you would get putting it in the kettle, you would get a lot of aroma and flavor from those hops. So that's where like the sort of dry hopping process. comes.
0: So so when you're dry hopping a 30 barrel batch of beer, that's got to be that's got to be a lot of hops.
4: Yeah, yeah, it it is. Um, And this beer is definitely no exception to that. I mean, I and believe it or not, I'm actually I think kind of on the lower side in terms of um, what's what i've heard of some people doing in in some some ips some people are, are dry hopping at like you know 10 plus pounds per barrel um which is it's great and you get a ton of aroma but like there's also some a sort of like point of diminishing returns when you're using hops so like like anything it's like if you're, you're salting your food uh you put a little bit on you get really good flavor uh but you put too much on and you just it's all you you just you, you can't get anything else from it. Um, and it's kind of the same with hops, and then just using more and more hops, you get less of that flavor and aroma in return. So we kind of use about two to three pounds a barrel uh, for this this beer. I won't tell you the exact number; it's sort of a secret. Um, <laughs> but um, that way, we get all of that like nice aroma, all of the flavor, um, without really just basically at the end of the day throwing hops down the drain and, and wasting wasting hops. So,
0: well, it's very uh, it's very aromatic. It's very drinkable. Um, it's got
1: that's, a nice punch, but it still goes down.
4: Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's sort of the that was that was kind of the the mission for it is to like create a, a super balanced, approachable, but really like intensely hopped and flavored beer. You know? uh, I, I think
0: job. I think out here in Southern California, especially, people are a little scared of IPAs because they've had a you know a bad experience where they could barely finish their pint. Um, I don't know why that's such a trend here. In Southern California, I think uh, I think Stone had a lot to do with it because they were trying to make bigger and bigger and bigger beers. Yeah, but um, people shouldn't be intimidated by this by this beer. I'm glad it's going to be one of your core beers. This is this is going to work for almost everybody. Yeah,
4: hope so. Uh, and it's actually I mean I was kind of like a holdout of this style for a pretty pretty long time, um, but like you said, it's actually the style in general sort of like makes IPAs and more intensely flavored beers. A little bit more approachable to like uh, somebody who's a little bit newer to craft beer, um, so it's yeah. a way to to get people that, to know that you don't have to be afraid of hops; they can be your friend. <laughs> well, I, I think
2: I'm going to just jump in, but I think as Derek, as a, a head brewer, does an excellent job with the balance of all the beers, and styles that that all, all of them are very drinkable, and they it's nothing that's going to that's going to hit you in the face, and, mm. and, uh, which is great.
1: Because yeah. I mean, like the more you know uh approachable the beer the more the wider the audience exactly so um i've been, i've worked at a a couple different breweries and one of them that was basically their whole strategic way of brewing was like even if it is a 10 percent beer we're going to make sure that anybody can enjoy some notes of the beer so i mean looks like you guys are on the right track with that for sure right. so well,
4: thank you oh
0: yeah we didn't ask you about that uh, what's the percentage of your uh...
4: So this one is actually 7.1. Oh, um,
0: that's a big beer. It didn't taste like it was that big.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little deceiving. And that's another thing with, uh, I think just IPAs in general, the trend has sort of been, uh, you know, I started in the industry about like 10 years ago and that your average IPA was between like 5.5 and 6%. Mm-hmm. Um, now, most are like seven or over. But I think when you get like over like too far over 7%, it just gets a little too ridiculous in, you're essentially in double IPA territory the, on the style spectrum. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, kept this tame. So,
1: <laughs> so uh, you said you are where, where did you learn how to brew? You mentioned something earlier, but.
4: I mean, I've, I've, I've been a little bit all over. Uh, I'm still learning how to brew <laughs> kind of kind of like everybody, like, you know, truly really master your craft. Uh, you're just always learning. Um, but I, I started on the East coast um, as a, Intern for Smutty Nose Brewing Company in New Hampshire, uh, which is where I'm from, actually, Massachusetts in the Boston area. And, uh, you know, kind of hopped around a few different places. I learned, like Dan mentioned, uh, I went to Siebel and brewed in uh, Germany and Chicago for a little bit, and then came out here, worked for Stone, and then helped open a few, like, startup breweries in the last, like, five years, and uh, one of which being Duckfoot, and then up to Solvang for a year, and now I'm with these guys. So I've kind of, like, I've been learning along the way um both from like a an academic perspective like when i was at siebel but just every place i've ever gone it's it's kind of like you know even when they were talking about the taste cream earlier picking like cherry picking what works and what doesn't it's like every place you work in your professional life you always see what what's working what doesn't and uh and luckily with brewing it's it's kind of fun to pick apart you know beers and processes and okay. stuff like that yeah.
1: and that's awesome oh. they that have such a wide variety of different areas and different breweries and styles oh I mean, yeah that's that's a plus.
2: And Connor, I mean you're exactly right. What's with, with Derek, I mean, we were looking when we were doing our search for a, a brewer, we wanted someone that would engage with us and to see the vision that we had for brewheim. Mm-hmm. And also because it's a 30 barrel system, finding someone that can brew on that size of a of a of a brew house and brew diverse um you know styles of beers and all good quality. And yeah. so really we were, we were looking for a the star yeah. and we were fortunate that we you will know, be able to find Derek and, and bring him on board. It seems like everybody
1: left out on this deal so far, so <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. Congrat! I mean, yeah, i was actually been uh,
0: I've been to Duckfoot. I, I really like them. We should actually try and hit them up to see if we can do an episode of the podcast down there. Yeah, we might be able to drag you in, <laughs> drag you back down as a guest star. <laughs> right on. Um, they uh, they have a lot of great beers. When you were th- when were you there?
4: I helped start that up. Um, so I was actually there uh, brewing with uh, Matt and Brett in mm-hmm. um, Matt's. Uh, garage in Encinitas and sort of like helped basically design all the beers, design the brewery, all that good stuff. So I was there from year one up until uh, just before the second anniversary, which is when I uh, left and and took another position up in on the Central Coast.
0: Uh, what years was that?
4: So that was, I mean, I started working with them in 2013 and I left at the end of 16. So I was with them for about three years in total.
0: That's great. Yeah. yeah, they have a really friendly, uh, casual space down there. And, yeah. you know, they're big on pets, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah,
4: that's always been fun. And we are pet-friendly here, too. Okay, oh, great. So yeah, that's yeah. A good enough. Good. Nice it, segue. Yeah. <laughs> we get lots
3: of... The, there's, because the neighbors that can walk over, they walk their dogs and they come over. So we do get a lot of dogs in here, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a, That seems to be a trend that people really like to bring their pets and uh, bring their young children, even though, you know, they're serving alcohol, yeah. but.
3: We had lots of yeah, we had a lot here yesterday. We, <laughs> you know, it's
2: a, it's surprisingly, I hear it a lot from mothers, and even dads, that, you know, I, you know how many times we go to places and they don't have, you know, changing tables, you know, something so simple, and, and both restrooms have, you know, changing tables, and you know, like they're saying, we joke we around, we have, we have our happy hour, I and mean, a lot of times we call it, it's yappy hour, because of how many dogs we have come in here. <laughs> yeah. we, give them, we give them biscuits, you know, that we have, very, very friendly. You know. That's
0: awesome. All right, so come on down and uh, you know bring bring Fido with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to the second beer, and uh, it is the blueberry lager, which is uh, a very interesting beer. We we had that when we visited uh, uh, what a week ago, Literally two weeks two, ago, two weeks ago, this thing. Yeah. Uh, so Derek, won't you won't you tell us a little bit about the blueberry lager?
4: Yeah, like you said. Um pretty interesting beer it's a it's pretty unique um to us specifically i think i mean i haven't seen anybody doing a blueberry lager at least in southern california um or really i'm not sure anywhere but um but yeah so well first of all we actually got this beer right off the tank in there because i'm about to package it uh tomorrow and uh, it'll come back on this week but basically yeah this started off as a small batch um like we mentioned we have a, a bunch of uh, small batch tanks that, and like a system that we're doing a lot of like R&D, uh, sort of brews on to sort of see to play around with ingredients, play around with dosing rates, um, and new yeast strains and stuff like that. This was one of the first ones that we really did because we've only really been brewing for a couple months now. Um, but I brewed a very little bit of it uh, a couple months ago or a month ago, and it went pretty quickly. Uh, so decided to brew some more of it. And it's going to be coming back out, but basically this is uh, a light German-American like Helles style lager. Okay. Um, so it's so a pretty crisp, refreshing, easy drinking lager at its core, and it's actually made with real bre- blueberry puree. Uh, so it actually get when when this clarifies a little bit more, you'll see it has a, a tiny bit of like that sort of blue, purpley hue to it, uh, and you get that like nice sort of like blueberry fruity. Um, aroma and flavor to it as well um but yeah it's it's just like a nice easy drinking this is like a spring seasonal beer for us right now and it's just going to be you know really easy to drink on on like a sunny day
1: i'm not going to lie this this one's knocking my socks off this one's really
3: good this is
1: And when you said it's fresh
4: off the tank i was yeah (laughs) it's it's awesome
3: it's fresh it's awesome and here in the tap room we actually serve it with fresh blueberries in the beer too that's right they you guys did do that it's a really nice touch you get a, a Couple blueberries as you go along and to chew it and it just uh, adds to the to the whole experience of the beer yeah. a little
4: beer lava lamp yeah <laughs> blueberries well, we've had a around.
3: we've had a pretty wet
0: winter for southern california oh. but uh i think you guys are i think you've got a hit here i think
1: this is going to end up being year-round for you as long as you can get the blueberries for it yeah right. yeah no this once when, when it gets a little hotter out here this is gonna you yeah. guys are gonna kill it with this well, one. and, and this
2: derek those are a great raspberry as, as well i was gonna it, say like it's so, so it's
4: yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a great sort of like a little preview of like more similar beer scum because like we like to use like natural fruits and ingredients really whenever we can. Um, if I can avoid using extracts and, and like flavorings and, and that crap, um, I would prefer not to. Um, and that's why, like you said, it's, as long as we can get like, you know, things like blueberry, raspberry mango and stuff like that and peppers and and, all, and some other fun stuff. Um, yeah, I have plenty of other plans for, you know, a raspberry blonde. Uh, we actually have a raspberry wit coming down the line too, a mango hazy IPA, uh, and then like, you know, some other really fun stuff that we're doing with all sorts of fruit, like Peach. a boysenberry, uh Berliner Weiss as well. It's a really light tart. So Wait you're saying you
1: don't use high fructose corn syrup like the
4: commercials have yeah. been displayed lately? <laughs> Not with big, yeah. with big corn. Down with big corn. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, I was actually going to mention that the only time I've seen a blueberry beer um, uh, was with a wheat paired with a wheat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I grew up in New Orleans, and so yeah. I, I love Beeda uh, beer. Yes. I drink a lot of them, and they've done a lot. They had a harvest series with a lot of different kinds of fruits. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that. It made me think of it. Um, in particular, they did a you know their purple haze is one of their big big beers, and that's raspberry also. So yeah. I'm sure if you experiment with that, you're going to find find a lot a lot of things that are going to catch on with with uh, the people here in Anaheim.
4: Yeah, I mean, say what you will about fruit beers, but one, they are very tasty, and two, people seem to like them quite a bit. Um, same way, it's just as much as like any IPA or you know any any imperial stout out there. You know. Um, I know it's not quote unquote like craft-like, but there's a lot of like fun to be had with playing around with like some really like natural fruit ingredients and stuff like that. Yeah, if you
1: use natural flavors. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
4: and sometimes simplicity is best, you know,
1: so. Um,
4: I know that, uh,
0: yeah, the hot weather out here makes- What hot weather? Well, not not this month, but hopefully (laughs) hopefully coming soon. it really, you know, it's ideal for a for a lighter beer and a, a tangier beer, um, you know, just up the road. Obviously, Golden Road's a little more corporate than you guys, um, but you know they they put pineapple and anything they can find. They're in yeah. there and they're, they're having great success with that. Yeah, yeah.
2: And yeah. mango cart. is,
0: yeah, I
3: think the number one seller.
2: Right? Yeah, their yeah, their
3: right yeah,
0: mango
1: so. cart series or whatever yeah. that is. They, cart. I think it's cart. Cart. Right? cart yeah.
4: Yeah. Cart. yeah. So they have like a pineapple one and mm-hmm. other stuff, yeah. but yeah, it's. It's true. Like people, people drink the crap out of that stuff. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this is this is very tasty, um, and uh, it definitely has a, a personal touch. It's it's made with a lot of love. Uh, has that uh, fresh cookies baked out of the oven vibe yeah. vibe to it? So. i
4: say it's actually fun kegging like a beer like this. Or we actually uh, kegged off a peanut butter beer the other day. And typically, when you're when you're kegging off something like that. Basically, the whole like cellar just smells like either blueberry or raspberry or peanut butter, or you know, and and that's a little perk of the job, even though there might be some heavy lifting sometimes. <laughs> just to,
0: just to let the the audience know that not everything comes out all perfectly. Um, you guys did a, a peanut butter batch uh, that you felt like didn't have enough peanut butter, and it just uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Is yeah. that correct?
4: Yeah, correct. Um, and again, like like that's what I, that's what I mean. Like we were you know, basically making our first batches of beer i made a peanut butter beer uh the peanut butter didn't really come through as, as much as i wanted it to and so what we did is we it again um and basically like put a lot more uh peanut in it uh basically we used this sort of like dehydrated peanut so that it's not oily or you know or salty or anything like that but basically we just like added loads more of that into it um and we're going to be releasing that again come our uh grand opening party so
0: um, that's actually an interesting point because I've brewed a little bit myself also, and I'm always amazed, um, you know, people with fruit, you can, the best way to do it usually is to put the fruit in um, and get the real fruit flavor. But with other things like chocolate or peanut butter, mm-hmm. you can't just uh, put in, you know, the ingredient that you're shooting for, like chocolate that you put in has to be like chocolate nibs that you would you know, probably not eat as, you know, morsels straight. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: that?
4: yeah i mean you're right it's and that's kind of where a little bit of the technique of brewing comes in is you know when making like a peanut butter beer like you said we're not you we're not just like taking skippy peanut butter and like throwing it in the tank that type of thing um because that would honestly taste pretty gross uh, it'd be all salty and oily you wouldn't have like any head retention or anything like that um and then it would just it would just be weird um so like for for peanut butter for example like i said we use a, a dehydrated peanut which it's, it's just literally peanuts that are sort of ground down into a flour form and like pressed, pressed out of like all the oil and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then we use that to sort of like rehydrate and, and it becomes a, you get that same peanut butter roasted flavor and all that stuff. Same, like you said, with chocolate, we use cacao nibs. Um, you have to use it in its raw form and it's almost essentially like cold brewing coffee where you sort of, you're extracting that flavor out, out of, out of the ingredient. Um, and even, like, you know, with, with fruit, we use a lot of purees, but sometimes for, like, peppers, um, you know, there's there's extracts and stuff like that out there. But I find actually chopping up peppers and putting them in, same with, like, ginger root, uh, putting that in and, and just, like, essentially letting it steep in the beer uh, is how you get, like, the best results. You get the best flavor, and um, and it's the freshest that way, too.
0: Um, I, and then, you know, there's other things you can do, obviously. I was talking to a gentleman at Pizza Port, um, I don't know, probably almost a year ago now. And he was saying that they were taking some fruit off of his family's land. Uh, and I think he was talking about how he was grilling, like, half of the pineapple that he was putting in to try and get, like, a smokier flavor. Yeah. So there's all, you know, it seems like there's all kinds of things you could do. It's just a matter of what's going to work and what's going to
1: not, not taste very good.
4: It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: funny you say that because uh, when I was working at Stone, I understood that they made, like, some sort of baseball beer uh, down in Liberty Station. And I guess the brewmaster down there kind of has free, whatever, he, he can do whatever he wants. And he literally threw in a bunch of bats into the fermenter <laughs> and was just like, let's see what happens. And it turned out they just had a little bit of a different flavor and they liked it. So oh,
0: did, he, did he break like, up the bats? Like those bats? Like, yeah, like, like I, I, what, I what mean, it sounds ash, like
1: they go a little off down there. So um,
4: Clearly. yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that. I mean, I've even seen, you know, like on Instagram follow like breweries and stuff like that. I've seen people throw like cupcakes and, uh, uh, you know, brownies and, brownies and other stuff. And so yeah. I might throw a pizza in the mash at some point and see what happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think what's interesting to see the, the evolution of what's been going on. Cause when we got into, when we did the micro break 20 plus years ago, it was just, we talk about it all the time. It was, you had your, you had your IPA, you had a Brown, you had a stout, you had, you know, you just had your six or eight beers lineup and that was it you know there wasn't it, the, didn't, the, change. it didn't change one it didn't, rotation had, yeah we had one we had one, <laughs> one one tap that we rotated and it was you know maybe it's a winter
4: spice at christmas or whatever it was some cinnamon you know but yeah
2: <laughs> <coughs> nothing like this yeah
4: now at times they are changing yeah type of thing you know like and again that's what makes it honestly fun for like me and the brewing team is like being able to sort of come up with some like really creative things to do uh not only for us to like play around with stuff like on the process side. But then, like I said, at the end of the day, hopefully you have a, a tasty beer at the end.
0: <laughs> uh, you guys are buying on a, on a real big scale. Uh, is there a particular supplier that you'd like to give a shout out to while we're talking?
4: No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, we get like, we source like all of our malt from uh, country malts and uh, BSG also with some specialty stuff. BSG also helps us out with some like brewing aids and finding agents. Um, Oregon fruit is where we get all of our fruit products, uh, and then just like we try to source, we don't have any like really super local vendors aside from like our farmer that we uh, you know give grain to. Uh, but I'm actually in the market looking for a honey farmer that I'd like to like. Back down at Duckfoot, we had a local honey farmer or like a honey curator. I don't know what you what they'd call themselves, but like that I'm looking for one up here so that we can make like a honey uh, ale in the summertime and and then use like some really like local stuff. But so you
1: heard it. They're looking for a bee master. Yeah. <laughs> bee master. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you
4: heard it here first. Cool. Uh, oh, wait, actually I lied. We are working with uh, a couple of coffee roasters. Oh, oh, yeah. oh which one? Yeah. So um, we actually just made an Ethiopian coffee saison with uh, arcade roasters over in, in Riverside uh, where they gave us an Ethiopian coffee bean. And, Uh, Basically, we we brewed a saison with that, with like this coffee bean. You actually get a lot of like blueberry and cherry fruit notes, Uh, and we just thought it would be pretty interesting to throw that into like a really like sort of like estery fruity beer. And uh, I tried it; it tastes delicious. But that's another beer that's coming out uh, for our grand opening, and we're also going to be working with Muse Roasters down in uh, Santa Ana, where I I just did a tasting with them a couple weeks ago, and we're just trying to brainstorm what we want to do. So,
0: so. That beer will be available on March sixteenth. Correct. Yeah. So tell us about it again. Uh, it's coffee and what?
4: It is a Ethiopian coffee saison. Okay. Um, so the
0: saison side of it has uh, some fruit notes to it. Yes. Yeah, so
4: yeah, the saison is going to be inherently pretty, like light and uh, you know, sort of like gingery notes and a little bit of like floral, fruity type of thing. Um, so it's going to be like a light coffee flavored beer with sort of like like I said, notes of that coffee itself that have like blueberry cherry and some fun stuff almost like a tea maybe
0: uh maybe this has been running around and i haven't seen it a saison and coffee a a typical combination because i I, (laughs) I don't think i've ever (laughs) i've never seen it Uh, uh, it is
4: not no i mean and again that was one of the things like i said we have those like tanks that i was like when i when i sat down with them and tasted their coffee i like one of the things i was hoping to find is just like some kind of off-the-wall coffee that i could put in a non-traditional beer and see what happens with it um and so yeah i haven't seen it and uh kind of hoping for the best that's awesome. <laughs> but okay. i mean like i said i've tasted it i think it's pretty good but it'll we'll see what what the public thinks and well like you said from that,
1: that's what this industry is all about it's whatever you know is going to be yeah. new and what's you know evolving and changing in it so
4: exactly yeah.
0: I mean, somebody had to be the first person to try and do like a grapefruit IPA, uh, yeah, and of course true. that came out great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it seems like the bitterness from the coffee and the tartness from the saison—if it, I mean, if it works, I think people will love it.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you've tasted it already.
4: I have, yeah. All right. um, yeah, I wish I could. I had a sample ready for you, but it's kind of buried in our cold box right now. Um, oh, we're going to get to that. But, yeah. 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 Yeah, we, we may not do
0: it on the air, but I okay. leave it yeah, with that yeah, yeah. Okay. There's
4: going to be a lot more sampling going right. on. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is uh, the third beer, and this is, uh, a, was this a small batch or is this a full batch?
4: No, so this is actually neither. Uh, this is actually a collaboration, our first collaboration that we did with uh, Mason Aleworks, down in San Diego. Uh, friends of ours um, that, you know, we've, we've worked with in the past, like our, one of the partners and like general contractor of ours, like did some work for them. Uh, I've like run into uh, Grant and Matt sort of in passing in the industry. And we sort of got together and, and talked about doing a collaboration beer, uh, primarily for our opening and, uh, and barrel aging it and, and, and all that and just kind of have a little bit of fun with it. So we. What we did is we brewed an imperial stout uh, at Mason while we were still under construction here and we were like, you know, getting all the tanks like constructed, all that, that good stuff, really finishing the build out. And once our our project was running a little bit longer, we were like, hey, do you think we should throw this in some barrels too? And so we decided to do that, Uh, put them in rum, rye and uh, bourbon barrels. What we're tasting right now is the bourbon barrel aged one. It's the first one. And the only one we've released so far, we have two more that we're actually throwing an event for like that weekend, uh, that, that, uh, that grand opening weekend on the Friday where you are having like a sort of release event for these collaboration beers, but yeah, it's just, it, it again speaks to like part of like this sort of trend in the industry. And what we want to do is just work with like other breweries and try some like new cool beers, uh, and, and yeah, so we, we just went for it with this one and brewed like a, an enormous stout. Uh, and aged it in a few different barrels and, and it came out very tasty.
0: Before we drill down on the taste, uh, so you're gonna have a, a barrel release event on the Friday the 15th?
4: Yes. Okay, so, well yeah.
3: we definitely want people to stop by for a for a taste <laughs> of this stuff if they're available. For sure. Mm-hmm. And Mason Works is gonna come up here and join us for that event. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah,
4: that's, it's gonna, it's gonna nice. be more of like a, a meet the collaborators, uh, we'll have some food here and uh, and we'll actually have all of the, the, the full flight of barrel aged beers plus the unbarreled version of it as well too, so
0: <laughs> that's great um it has a huge nose T- tell me about some of the, the yep. smells that we're getting here
4: yeah the beer itself is just uh, honestly i don't want to say i don't want to say like it's a no frills beer but it's it's just an all grain straight to the point like really traditional like imperial russian stout where we have like these huge sort of like chocolate and coffee aromas that are coming from it but you're only getting that from the grain itself. So we use a ton of really dark specialty grain, ranging from caramel to like roasted, um, and that's where like all these like really rich dark chocolate notes come through. A lot of like coffee roast, uh, and you can probably tell it's a little heavier than the the last beer that we had, which was like a lighter lager. Um, this is basically the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so, um, uh,
0: tell me about how you're getting uh, the heavier mouthfeel. Are you? Are, is it natural? Or are you adding dextrin malt? What are, What are you doing to give it base?
4: Yeah, a lot of that just comes from the specialty malts themselves. Um, You know, you have like your base malt and you have specialty malts, uh, including like dextrin malts and stuff like that. And then you have like your sugars, like dextrose and and corn sugars and and, uh, you know, other stuff like that and lactose. Um, This in particular gets all of its body just from the specialty malts themselves. Um, That really just comes from the fact that they don't ferment as well as your, you know, your pale two row malt they, just more proteins are present in the beer. Um, and on top of that, because the beer, you know, it started at a gravity of about 25 Play-Doh, um, which is, you know, to sort of explain that, it's about 25% of the original mixture is sugar. Uh, and it and usually when you start out that high, it doesn't ferment down to your usual like two or three Play-Doh, which may, is something you would see in like an IPA or something like that. Uh, so there's a lot of like sugars kind of left over. Within the beer itself, uh, and and you just from there, it becomes a, a pretty heavy, hearty beer to be drinking.
0: Some of the uh, some of these imperial stouts around town and and beyond get very syrupy, um, and uh, this this beer is uh, has a, a good rich flavor without tasting so heavy. Um, some of the bottle series that you see around town, they they treat it like you're not drinking a whole pint of that all at once. You're drinking, you know, a taster. This, yeah. uh, this has, it has a high contrast to that. This is very drinkable.
4: Yeah, and a lot of that, I mean, I think it comes from the original brew itself, but barrel aging helps that a lot. It really helps mellow out like, um, sort of like some alcohol flavors you can get in some, some bottle releases. Uh, but you're right, some, some people just, either their fermentation doesn't finish out quite as, as low as it could or should, Um, and a lot of people, because you know, some with some bigger beers, they'll just put it out anyway. And that's a little bit of like the difference between the product that we want to like provide people and some of like, maybe our friendly competitors, uh, will (laughs) just because, uh, in, in my opinion, like, yeah, you, you shouldn't get a beer that e- either smells just like alcohol or tastes or has like a syrupy taste to it because on either end of that spectrum that beer is just not finished and it's not it's, it's not tasting the way it should you know it's just uh and it's just it kind of speaks to uh an oversight and quality I think in, in my opinion but, but yeah so we we tried to like I said age that long enough so that you don't get either one of those things it's very smooth but at the same time it's it's dry enough and very drinkable so that you can sit down and i mean you might not want to drink a whole growler of it or anything like that but you can have more than just like two or three ounces and yeah
1: well that's one of the reasons we're reaching out we're coming to uh you guys because we really want to know yeah like your style like what your opinions are and it sounds like you know you're, you're trying to make a flavor but you're not trying to make it so overwhelming you can like you just said only have two or three ounces of it and you're you know, it's too strong, too syrupy or anything. So it's cool learning like your style, and your, your contrast to what else is out there, what else is big. So that's, you yeah. know, that's unique and that's awesome. Yeah, I
4: appreciate that. And like, yeah. and again, is, is balanced is like, I, I try to attack it from like a balanced end. This is obviously a more intense style in general. So you're going to, you're still going to get a lot more intense flavors than you would your typical beer of any type. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's like, there's a difference between intense flavors and then just either something unfinished or you know something with off flavors, you know, mm-hmm. something like
0: that. Yeah. Awesome. Also, we're we're trying to start a turf
3: war.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> no, but, I mean,
0: it, it, I mean, it's an, uh, one of the reason. Uh, the other reason we're really wanting to come out and meet the people and meet the brewers. We, we want to hear what the creative differences are. Um, you know, you guys have a have a style. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I've been here twice now. And if you put your beer uh, up against a, a beer that I've, you know, from a brewery that I've been to a few times, I can take the Pepsi challenge and tell this is a Bruhaim beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a, it's a good thing for the industry. It's a good thing for the area, uh, Orange County in particular. You know, even Angels fans get sort of a bad rap for being, you know, fair weather fans or they're just coming out for the sun. Hey, hey. but that's, (laughs) Hey, I'm an angel stand too. Um, but that's honestly kind of BS. Yeah. You know, whereas, maybe not quite as diehard as Red Sox fans, but we're pretty diehard. Oh. And when it comes to... Yeah, I know, that's <laughs> <laughs> what it's, it's, it's <laughs> I knew. <it's laughs> You're from Boston. Yeah, that's, a, that's another question. And don't talk <laughs> about the Patriots. Don't yeah. talk about the Patriots. But that's kind <laughs> of the... <laughs> uh, Sorry, we are not have I won 50 bucks on that game. <laughs> okay. uh, so, but my point is that uh, typically the East Coast and New England uh, and other parts of the country, the Midwest, get... Uh, a lot of props for, you know, knowing how to brew beer, but we, you know, I've been all over Southern California drinking, and I can tell you not only is there over a hundred different types and styles of beer that are worth drinking down here, but there's just as many people with very sophisticated palates. Mm -hmm. You know, I hate to be rah-rah for our region, but, um, I I think it's justified in this case. I I think people are going to more and more consider coming to Southern California to, to go beer tasting kind of a pilgrimage, you know, mm-hmm. if you're serious about beer, you're you're going to have to come out here and see what people are doing out here. Oh,
4: yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, and with with like brewing in general, just going back to like the every brewery, like you said, has has its own style, like and not to like sound arrogant or anything. But uh, I w- it's very comparable to like even if you look at like music or like the like music industry or bands where like every band has their own style of like creating music and, you know, some do. Some are more progressive, some are more traditional, and some, you know, kind of are a mix of the two, for better or worse. And some people like what they're going to like, but and it's the same with brewing. Uh, you know, like some people are just like, I'm only going to brew light lagers, or I'm only going to brew reds, or whatever. And then others are going to push the boundaries a little bit more. And then there's some kind of taking a little bit of both. And I feel like that's what we do here, and and that's it's it allows us to both like have roots in tradition, but also be pushing the envelope a little bit more and be a little bit more progressive with some like styles and take some liberties, you know? Well, it's been great about being in our location, the Platinum Triangle as well, with the convention center
2: and everything else. I mean, the amount like Eric mentioned earlier, there's 26 million people come to this little three mile radius a year, you know, for events and the convention, Disney and everything else. And multiple times, I mean, I love talking to the guests when they come in and multiple times, you know, what we've had people walk them from the convention center after a convention coming in and, and they're from, you know, Portland or some other areas and they love going to breweries and they, just, they love coming in and trying other breweries. Right. So it's getting that experience. And also also too is people that aren't really familiar with coming into the breweries that are coming in and they see our beer list and sometimes it's a little intimidating because there's so many and different styles. But what I I love finding is that people will do a diverse, you know, tastings. So we can do six tasters on our tray and, it's, it's all over the map, you got a stout, you got a lager, you got an IPA, you got a hazy and to talking to the guests afterwards. And, and then they were intimidated at first, but then after they've tasted them all, they were like, wow, I really enjoyed all these. And I'm usually not a stout drinker. I'm not usually this. And, and that they actually that end up enjoying it and, and have a great experience. And, you know, that's kudos to, to Derek and, and his styles of not. Like you we were talking about making sure that it's drink, the drinkability, the flavors there and everything else. I think
3: the word is balanced. Derek. Yes. just makes a balanced beer. That's, that's the key uh, for me. But when you're going back to your whole Southern California, I, yeah. I, just even in the Anaheim area right now, there's some world-class breweries. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got bottle logic and the, the brewery and noble, and hopefully we'll, you know, come into that conversation at some point.
0: And they all do, they all do just, drastically different things they do yeah, yeah. and, they, that's, and, that's and the we go and we out,
3: are the biggest fans of those breweries we go over yeah. all the time and yeah. make their yeah. beers and, and it's the same it's, with us yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah so it's awesome that's one i Dan mentioned earlier i was a cpa originally one of the reasons i got into the brewing world was because of the community the brewing community it's just an incredible how uh, everybody works together if, uh, if derek were to post right now that he, he was out of citra hops or whatever it might be there'll be three posts saying hey i got some here for you come yeah. get it Whereas other businesses, they're not like their cutthroat, right? yeah, they're cutthroat, right? But The brewing yeah, like, industry completely different. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome being here in Anaheim and being with, around some world-renowned breweries. And yeah. Every,
1: everyone's up. very
2: supportive of each other, and that's what's great. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. I was going to expand on that. Um, like the it's because the culture is like that. They and everybody seems to understand that the competition is good. Yes. You know. So like you know, you're not what I've seen with the beer culture. I mean, you yeah, have your like favorite spots, but most people that are beer drinkers nowadays down here in Southern California they want to try something different you know yeah. that's that's the whole experience you try a different vibe you try a different spot you try you try to meet different people so that competition you know really drives like the whole industry cuz you know if you only had one spot you're going to get sick of that one spot right. you know they're you know they have their beer and that's it so it's right. awesome that your guys are bringing another diverse piece to the puzzle out here so right.
2: Really well, awesome. we're seeing more tour groups that you know, more are popping up. And so, you know, they're going, in, just like the wine industry, right? You want to just be able to go down yeah. the Oh, yeah. The and, free know, beer tours there. are huge. Yeah, you
3: hit good. four or five and breweries, and, yeah. and you've got four or five class, you know, top, top class breweries around here. So yeah. it's, it's awesome. Would you say um, Anaheim's,
1: well, Orange County area is trying to turn into like the new San Diego? with the beer run or do you see like a similarity between that or
4: I do. Yeah. Um I mean I lived in San Diego for like six years and I can see like this is sort of you know like still at the not beginning, it's sort of like the upper tier of like between like beginning and mid mid range of like what San Diego is now. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's just like like you're saying, like there's little pockets of breweries everywhere and that's sort of how it starts and and then before you know it, it's it's a beer destination for just like beer tourism, uh, which is great for everybody. Yeah. And but yeah, I, I definitely see some parallels. Yeah, yeah I mean, we went
0: down. Uh, we went down to San Diego a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we love what they're doing down there, and we saw, you know, uh, just as many Modern Times sweatshirts and t-shirts as we see up here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we were surprised. We were at Modern Times and saw people wearing Bottle Logic shirts. We yeah. were, you know, totally. Yeah. And I, honestly, I was kind of thrilled. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because that means people are coming from down there to come up here too. Mm-hmm.
2: But no Bruheim shirt sure yet. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> tell that's us about that.
0: Tell us about that. Are you? Yeah. Uh, do you guys have a website where people can get merchandise yet?
2: We're, we're, we're still under construction, but yes. I mean, we're, we just we are actually talking about that today, just because um, we haven't really displayed our merchandise yet. We're, we we'll have a cabinet, you know, that's going to be a display. Um, hmm. Again, that's part of the process. I mean, we're, we're we'll be three months old uh, since we've opened on on the seventh of this month. So. That's our next next big push is to get our merchandise out there and, and displayed correctly.
0: You know. uh, so, so you're saying your hands have been a little full. Yeah, my <laughs> hands have been a little we, full. We, put, uh, we, we yeah. set the
2: priority yeah. with the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's then, good. And that's uh, good. now we're now yeah. we starting
3: to look at those yeah. peripheral yeah. items such yeah. as uh, we something. we have shirts and hats. If you come yeah. in, definitely um, ask us. We'll, we'll hook you up with some stuff. We had really great yeah, designs.
0: So uh, for the grand opening, I assume you're going to have some of that out uh, so people can look at it. We're okay. going
3: to have a special uh, shirt for the grand opening. So it's going to be a limited edition Bruheim shirt, and uh, then we'll have hats and stuff. We'll have a little merchandise area.
0: All right. Yeah. So if you want to you say you were here on the, the big first day, you got to come and <laughs> get your limited edition you exactly. Bruheim grand opening t-shirt so you can have uh, you know, bragging rights over your friends for the next few years while you're wearing that shirt and pimping exactly. it.
4: Right. And uh, one you know, more it's... before we're cool, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right?
4: Yeah.
1: Well, one more question before we uh, start wrapping up here. Um, so you're you talking about canning and all that. Uh, do you have any big plans with any major distributors right now in the industry?
2: I mean, right now, I mean, our our goal. I mean, we we call it hyper local. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of business just in, the, in this three mile radius that we really want to uh, just gravitate towards and really okay. capture. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, we're we're self-distributing right now, and 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 that's the plan. Uh, We'll look at you know as we grow and and look at other opportunities when they arise. But right now, it's it's we're all about being hyper-local. Well, this area
0: is very fertile for that. I I understand. I'm not without naming names. I understand that that's been the plan for several of the breweries in this area. (laughs) Is that they started you know getting their taps. In the stadiums,
1: getting their tubs,
0: you know, at Honda Center, getting their tubs, you know, wherever they can get them. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, just wanted to see where yeah. you can find your beer. So it sounds like you guys are going to be very local in the Orange County area.
2: So anybody out here, just, you know. Well, we we wanted that that correlation with the name, you know, I mean, Heim, you know, is, is I mean, the Germans found, it, you know, Anaheim, and, the, and, the, and it comes from the Santa Ana River, and Heim means home, and so it's, you know, home by the river. and. And, you know, we wanted that whole feeling of family and, and home when you come in and, and with the environment. and So we want to be make sure that, that we're, we're tied to the, to the local community. Well, this, uh, is a,
0: this is about the most sophisticated neighborhood pub that uh, anybody's gonna walk <laughs> yeah. into, but that's, yeah. a, that's a very good thing. And uh, people really do just have to come and, and see it for themselves. It was great sitting down with you guys. Thank you so much for uh, sharing so much of your technique and uh, sharing so many details about the beer. Uh, thank you for, for being so open uh, uh, about the process of getting the, the place up and running. And uh, thank you so much for, for telling us about your experience and uh, your your um, dream for a, for a better brewery. Wow. So, this is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell you, anybody who walks in here, if you're listening to this podcast and you work at a brewery, you work at uh, a tasting room, uh, you're an owner of a brewery, you're an owner of a tasting room. Come see what they're doing down here. You're going to get some ideas, and you're going to want to step up your game. The competition is always, always a plus here, and and you're going to want to make want to make these guys part of your community right away. Thank you guys so much. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank we you, really man.
2: appreciate you uh, having us on and, and being, being, your, being your first. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah thank awesome. you. You're, uh, know. Cheers. Yeah. Right, so this so was on, a, this cheers. was
0: the premiere episode of the Hollywood Growler podcast. Sure. So
2: on Awesome. I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I really I like it. <laughs> on to more sampling.
0: We, yeah, we hope you'll join us online and we, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll uh, tune in for another episode. Uh, we're going to be at Stereo Brewing Company recording on March 11. We want to thank all of you for listening to our very first episode of the Hollywood Growler podcast. We want to thank everyone at Brewheim. We had a great time uh, sitting down with them and touring their brewery. And we also wanted to remind you that they're having their grand opening event on Friday the 15th and Saturday, March 16th. We hope to see you there. Uh,
1: Connor. Yes, thank you again to Bruheim. Uh, We tried out the new Coffee Saison we talked about on the episode. It was so good. It It was so good. It was great. It will be available on the 16th of the grand opening. They also let us tour around the backside of their brewery and the equipment they use. Videos will be uploaded to our Twitter and other social media accounts. And we hope to see you on the 16th at the grand opening and also you listen in to our stereo episode next week. Thank you. Thanks guys. See you next time.